Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Welcome, everybody, to the Wrestling to the Max Raw Review for August 7th, 2017. And, of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com as well as 411mania.com. And, hey, if you love everything over here at the W2M Network, make sure you go subscribe at Wrestling to the Max or, actually, the W2M Network. And make sure you go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe at both because they'll help you out. Make sure you get all the content that we have to offer you guys. Also, don't forget YouTube. That's another great place go subscribe do that now i of course am gary vaughn along with me is your host tonight mr paul leaser hey oh so glad to have you back paul uh of course you know it's uh, definitely uh, understandable you need a vacation you need a break but i'm just i'm just happy to have you back man you know i'm happy to be back you never realize how much you miss podcasting until you don't do it for a week like man i kind of want to talk about stuff (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel you on that because you know as everybody listening knows if you're a regular listener to all our review shows you know i don't do smackdown live and i also don't do 205 live unless i'm needed which i'm happy to do when i'm needed but uh, of course paul and i let sean and harry broadhurst take those shows because it kind of gives us all a little bit of a break everybody gets a chance to kind of chime in on the different shows and Sometimes after SmackDown Live, I'm like, oh, God, I just want to get on there and talk. But I'm like, you know what? I need to let those guys handle it. They're they're awesome at what they do. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about it later. So I get you, man. And, you know, of course, when my vacation comes, I'm, I'm going to be going up the wall. I just found out recently, Hell in a Cell is the pay-per-view I'll be missing because I'm going on vacation. So, <laughs> yeah, it's second year in a row I'm missing a pay-per-view, but that's the way it works sometimes, man. So. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I, I I left during uh really the heart of G1 season, so now me and Sh- Sean are like six, seven shows behind on covering that, so we got some oh, work God. to do there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this may be a fast-forward through the G1 kind mm-hmm. of thing, but that's okay. You guys will do an awesome job. Really looking forward to that stuff. But, you know, everybody's here to listen to us talk about Monday Night Raw, and, and I think this is a bang-up show for you to come back and talk about, Paul, so let's get into it. 
Guy, you know, you come back and you want to talk about something good, and they just, uh, they give you a lot of ho-hum on this one, in my opinion, but, uh, Raw opens with Miz TV, uh, Miz comes out, he's talking down about Jason Jordan, because he's all pissed off about what happened last week, uh, he's got the Miz Taraj with him, of course, Kurt Angle shows up, says, you know what, Jason Jordan's not gonna be here, he's gonna face Curtis Axel later, uh, and so tonight on Ms. TV, you instead will have Brock Lesnar, who shows up, of course, with uh, with Mr. Paul Heyman. And uh, Miz is, you know, he doesn't really waste any time, right? He uh, he kicks Paul Heyman's microphone down, and he just goes on a huge rant about how Brock's going to lose the championship at SummerSlam. He's not going to be in the WWE anymore, and it's all Paul Heyman's fault because he you know, kept hyping it up and put him in the ring against these three monsters, for, for lack of a better term. And finally, Paul Heyman has enough and does the usual stuff and says, you know, Miz, um, you know, you're, it's all about role-playing, right? Like, you can be Roman Reigns, and Bo can be Samoa Joe, and, and you know what, actually, you could be Braun Strowman, and Brock can just give you a preview right now, and he absolutely murders all of them. Easily. <laughs> Your Intercontinental Champion folks just got decimated. So, uh, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> how do? Yeah, okay. So, you know, uh, and I get that point of it. And that's probably why you may not be a big fan of this. And I, I could kind of see that. It, outside of that, I, I will say I enjoyed most of this, though, because it started the show on something we kind of like. I, I'm a big fan of Miz. I, I like what he does. I think he's one of the best talkers that WB has to offer overall. Yeah. I mean, super entertaining. A lot of times, very believable. I have to say, I mean, a lot of times when Miz is talking about something, I'm almost like, maybe this is actually true. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it may not be, you know, and you Probably not. But uh, I think that, you know, he does his thing and did a great job on this episode of Raw. Uh, I think that was well done. And, of course, you can't fault pay out Paul Heyman and all that. I think what we're getting at here, though, is that it isn't really good for the Intercontinental title for the guy that's holding it just to get decimated immediately and very so simply. But we're also talking about Brock Lesnar here, right? Mm-hmm. A, a guy that, I mean, it takes half an entire WWE roster to hold back in a brawl. A, a guy that has, you know, decimated the entire announced team along with everybody that came at him before. So it's not an unbelievable guy for the Miz to get destroyed by. Now, if we're talking about, you know, just some other guy coming in the ring, then maybe we have a big problem. But Brock Lesnar, he's kind of one of those I give a pass to. Of course, it's going to happen. Just like Steve Austin used to get the passes back in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's face Steve Austin. Well, duh, I don't care who it is. You know, the owner of the company, they're all going to get beat down. So I, I really didn't think this was too bad. I, sure, it's not get great for the Miz Garage. But it also is going to gain that heat between Kurt Angle and the Mr. Raj because they're, of course, never going to talk to Brock Lesnar again. They're going to be terrified of him. But mm-hmm. who they're going to be even more pissed off against is Kurt Angle because the whole thing started out by, you know, Miz just wanting Jason Jordan. And here we go with Kurt Angle kind of finding ways to get his son in better situations. And once again, he does it by getting rid of his son's problem. Right. Right, and that's the big deal here, and certainly you could, I mean, watching Brock kill people is always fun, right? I mean, who doesn't love watching him just chunk people around all day? That's half the reason why I think he's still here, and why I think a lot of the crowd just still loves the guy, but it really sucks that Miz couldn't have just, like, bailed or something and 
headed for the heel, hills why the Miseraj took the beating for him and all that fun stuff. But I, I you know, I get what they're going for. It's just that the only slight really is that, you know, your Intercontinental Champion just looks like a big old bag of poop right now. So <laughs> Yeah, but see, not everybody can be like Naito, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, you're right. It, the Miz doesn't come out of this looking good, but this will be something we'll forget. I, I, I full-heartedly believe that, you know, down the line, casual fans are going to forget that even happened because they're so focused on Jason Jordan and the Miz. And I, I'm hoping that overshadows all this, at least. That's my hope, too. I think I'm being a little bit like Vince McMahon tonight. That's just sick. But I, I'm going to pretend like their thought process is, we'll all forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, never... It, it could happen, right? I mean, obviously, the, you get thrown so much content weekly that it's kind of easy to forget stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, Later on in the evening, we find out Curtis Axel isn't clear to compete tonight against Jason Jordan. So Kurt Angle uh, very quickly runs into some random guy in the back, asks him his name, which is apparently good enough, and tosses him in a match against Jason Jordan to get him squashed. So um, not, not a whole lot happening here. The crowd, however, is the interesting part here because they they kind of crapped on Jordan. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. In this crowd, I gotta say, pretty darn hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they were really stoked about being a Monday Night Raw, which is a lot of fun. And, and I think this would kind of put me in a good mood. Maybe this show wasn't exactly the best show in the world, but I, I think this crowd really helped it. I, I think without that crowd, if you put this crowd in a different place, we may be really depressed. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think that helped this match for sure. And, and, of course, they didn't really appreciate Jason Jordan. I kind of like that. I, I, You know, this is a squash match, of course, and it's made to get Jason Jordan in a better light. But I love all those little things. I kind of noticed, you know, he's kind of doing the Kurt Angle spin in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Holding the hands out, doing all that. So it's it's a clear picture of where we're going with this about Kurt Angle protecting his son and giving his son opportunities no one else is really going to get. So I'm enjoying it. I don't know about you, Paul. At first, I was very leery at this. But I can kind of see myself kind of understanding and getting into Jason Jordan being that heel. Mm-hmm. I think the intrigue in all of this was what always interested me the most about how exactly they're going to try to present Jason Jordan because Kurt Angle was really great no matter what he was doing, right? Face, heel, Olympic wrestling machine, uh, a, a parody essentially of himself at times or, or just, you know, being that goofball in the room. And I don't know if Jason Jordan has all those qualities, but if you can work both sides of the fence, I think that's you know obviously speaks very highly to how talented you are in wrestling. But uh, in, in all of this, if he comes out of this working as a heel, which I don't think is what they're after, but if that's what they get, you know, it's not like they don't have a cavalcade of faces. You know, they couldn't throw him up against like Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. List goes on and on. Who are already so well presented and the fans love that suddenly have this WWE product guy in a, in a fabricated story. Like it's just. And he's ready-made money almost. Yeah, and I could see that too. I really can. I, I love the you know fact that this is a guy that we're kind of getting that you know has a little bit of freshness to him, right? He, he's not one of these guys we've seen before. He's mm-hmm. also not the cookie cutter brawler, right? He, he's more of that Olympic style, that grappling style. So he's a different heel than 
some of these other guys on the roster. And, you know, I think that's going to put him in a different echelon. And also for the fact that you're adding Kurt Angle and all that stuff, I think it does help him. And those other matchups will be something that's new and feel new compared to like, yeah, we've seen this before, just different face, you know. So I'm okay with that. And I really do look forward to seeing if they get this thing going with even more momentum with Kurt Angle and, you know, Jordan. I think it, it has some legs, but I, I'm – Still looking to wait, man, because, I mean, I really could see down the line them doing a few stupid things and derailing this whole oh, process. It's WWE. You know there's going to be some stupid things. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's what I'm scared of, man. Uh, maybe what we shouldn't have been scared of was this main event as Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns go one-on-one in a last-man-standing match. Uh, a little north of 20 minutes. Very, very good. I think you knew what you were going to get from these guys was going to be some quality stuff. Uh Big, big hits going through. The ending, of course, is is what we're here to talk about. Samoa Joe comes out. He ends up beating up both guys. He chokes out Reigns, stands tall as Reigns gets counted down, leading to Braun to stand up and, and get to his feet and win. Uh, Joe looks pissed off as all heck about Braun standing up, which was, which was great. Little bits of storytelling here. I thought this was a really good piece of business all the way around. Joe looks strong. Braun looks strong. And, you know... The crowd's gonna eat up Roman getting his butt handed to him anytime. So, I think this was a win-win. Oh yeah, this is one of those storylines or fuse, whatever you want to call it, that has been, I think, money. It really has. I feel like it's been one of the best things that they produced. And it's because of the big names, but it's also because that these guys are so violent and they are so good at what they're doing right now that you just get behind it and you want to watch every minute of these matches. Sure, it's a lot of brawling. Sure, honestly, a lot of the same things every week, right? Mm -hmm. There really hasn't been a ton of new movesets or anything that's been taking place within this feud, but you're you're getting that high energy, that power, everything that you kind of like watching. You talked about Brock Lesnar throwing people around i never get tired of watching Braun Strowman throw roman reigns in the ring or over the barricade or into the barricade it's just so much fun i, I love watching samoa joe and you know roman reigns is doing a good job himself so i think overall what you're getting week in and week out with this is very positive they didn't shy away from that tonight i think you know you do have samoa joe a guy not even involved in the last day man standing match looking just as guy, good as the guys that were actually involved in the match. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes me very happy. It, it sends a positive message to me for SummerSlam, and that's a very, very good deal. If I was going to knock anything, and, and maybe this is just me being a little bit you know, nitpicky, at the very end where you have Braun Strowman stand up at 9.00, I really felt like he should have sold more and had a harder time getting up and started getting up around six. And I know they didn't want, they wanted to sell the whole, Oh no, no one's going to get up. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he, until he's on his feet, he doesn't win. And you could have sold that. He wasn't going to be able to stand up. You could have had Michael call. He can't do it. He can't stand up. He's not going to make it guys. He may be on his knees, but he can't stand up. And at nine, he just kneels and then stands. And very slowly, like you can barely move because it went. It, it, he just went a little too fast. I'm sorry. I just thought he got up too fast. It looked like he was all of a sudden energized, and then he falls on the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on. Now that's nitpicky, I know, but I just I, I wish they'd have done a better job selling that for me. 
Yeah, that didn't really bother me all that much, just because we're talking about the same guy who walked away from attempted manslaughter. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you got a point there. But, you yeah. know, I don't know. I, I, I just... There's a few things that I wish that would change, and that's one of them. Like you know, you have Roman Reigns who's supposed to be knocked out cold by that, you know, the, the clutch, and then all of a sudden at ten, you start seeing him move around, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, c- come on, just, just lay there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's <laughs> selling it is is always you know something to nitpick on, especially I think when it comes to Braun, who you know, despite how well he's booked, he's not. You know, I mean, he is what he is, right? And selling, mm-hmm. I don't think, is ever going to be a strong suit for a long time. Because it took Big Show and Kane and, and um, even Undertaker, to a certain degree, a while to learn, I think, how to sell correctly. So, I think yeah. You yeah, you're right. Time. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, when I give Braun Strowman this criticism, but I also forget that this guy has not been in the wrestling business all that long. Mm-hmm. And we're not a guy. This is not a guy that was on the indies for five years and then got in here. This is his training ground. And so there you go. Right. Right. Uh, I guess we should probably go ahead and talk about the other elephant in the room, and that's Bailey, who gets a promo. It's announced that she's injured her shoulder. She will not be able to wrestle Alexa Bliss for the championship at SummerSlam, so she's out to sort of replace. Her, they're going to do two triple threat matches uh, across the coming weeks on Raw, and the winners of those two matches will face off one-on-one to determine who will face Alexa Bliss. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, Bailey gets a big promo, and it doesn't, you know, she thinks it's going to be Sasha to face Alexa at SummerSlam, which would make the most sense, obviously. And, I don't know, the crowd just doesn't really ever seem into what she had to say. And they really could have cared less, I think, when Sasha came out. However, Emma, on the other hand, who's in the triple threat tonight against Sasha and Alicia Fox, gets a pretty loud reaction, uh, which you know people, I think, might be getting behind the idea of maybe you should give her a chance uh, just because you know I think you know what she can do in the ring. And while she's really yet to, I think, prove it from a heel character standpoint, you know what she can bring as a face. So I, I would like to see this. The match, however, isn't all that great. It has some nice moments here and there. Uh, but it's ultimately, I think, too rushed to really dig into, and uh, it's you see a lot of mistakes, particularly from Miss Fox. But um, Sasha does end up winning after she uh, gets Emma in the bank statement, and makes her tap out. Yeah, you know, and, and I wanted to talk about what you were mentioning about the fact that the crowd kind of really was behind Emma. Mm-hmm. I think there's for, you know, maybe a couple of reasons. I think one, I think people know that she's still a talented wrestler. She's just really never put on TV. And, and it just seems like the company never just wants to get behind her. So that's kind of the situation you're in with that. But the other thing is for the fact that we see in this match, you know, that she is, you know, able to do some positive things. And she's also, you know, given an opportunity to look strong because mm-hmm. there was a couple times there really she could have beat Sasha Banks. And so uh, I think what the fans see and, and what they want to buy into, but not only that, you also have social media, which, you know, people are on and they pay attention to. You've got Kurt Angle, you know, on there and you have her and him kind of going back and forth. And I saw recently that, the, you know, she asked him for more opportunities and then he put a picture of her and Jordan together. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But that also gives people a reason to kind of maybe get behind her, see that someone's making fun of her. Hey, don't do that. We're going to get behind her. So maybe, you know, we should have Bailey do that more often. 
I don't know, but you know, I, I think you know that's the situation with that, and, and I think you know it's obvious Sasha Banks has to win this match. But I, I'm glad at least someone in at least one city understands that Emma deserves that opportunity, and I'm really, really happy with that. I'm I'm on that train as well. Definitely think she needs more of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, and really quickly, I do want to say for the Bailey thing. Wow, I, I just. I didn't know Toronto hated her. I mean, they kind of just did not care. They were booing her too at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, it, it was almost like, hey, she's cutting this baby face promo, and then you would have thought that she was Nia Jax coming out there to talk. Yeah, yeah. They just they didn't care, and it's it's hard to blame them, right? I mean, WWE I think's really dropped the ball on Bailey more often than not, even though it felt like they were trying to get her back on the right track after they brought her back, and and maybe all this is. A bit of a setback and maybe a welcome break from not having to see Bailey. They can go back to the drawing board and figure out what to do. Yeah, let's reboot that for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the other like absolutely ginormous storyline on this is, of course, the Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose saga. Uh, each of them face off against one of the tag team champions. So first up, Seth Rollins takes on Sheamus. Uh, about a nine-minute match or so, I think it's your kind of average fare here. Sheamus ends up winning... Uh, after a Cesaro distraction, Rollins tries to attack after uh, afterwards, but he gets his butt handed to him, essentially. Um, Ambrose, of course, however, has promised Seth that he's not here to help him out, and uh, he he refuses to come out, and he never does, even though the crowd is still cheering for him and all that good stuff. And we cut backstage after the ass beaten, and Rollins is limping around backstage, and Ambrose, you know, he told him, dude, don't don't attack them. Obviously, a couple times, and Rollins is getting pissed off now that Dean essentially won't trust him. So, thoughts on all this up to this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, this makes with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you, mm-hmm. you still feel that, you know, angst from Ambrose over this whole, you know, past, you know, years with Seth Rollins and the fact that he got his heart broken by him and all that and the shield information that we kind of have on the background. Uh, you know, and, you know, you had a decent match here. It was okay. You know, it was just a regular Raw match, I kind of feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, of course, the heels get their thing going and find a way to win the match. So you have that anxiety and all that, you know, stress and tension backstage after this, you know, disappointing moment for Seth Rollins. I kind of liked it. I, I think it made sense. It all flowed well. And I think it did a good job flowing into the next thing where we'll talk about. Yeah, and that is, of course, Dean Ambrose going one-on-one with Cesaro. 20 minutes. This, I thought, was really good. Um, Cesaro looks phenomenal. However, Dean ends up getting the victory after uh, a failed Sheamus distraction, uh, and he gets a quick roll-up on Cesaro. And then the champions jump in afterwards to beat on Ambrose. Rollins, however, runs out this time to even the odds, uh, trying to prove to Dean that, of course, he has changed. Excuse me, And they clear the ring. And as Dean seems like he finally forgives him, he puts his fist out for the shield salute, and Rollins just sort of walks away now. So, boy, I uh, I really don't know, Gary. <laughs> 
Okay, so, you know, and this is the part that I think is the most interesting. And for the fact that, you had, like you said, a, a, a pretty solid match here with Cesaro and Ambrose, it went, you know, a lot longer than I expected it to, to be honest with you. I didn't know that they were going to give him so much time, which I, I'm happy with. I love Cesaro. <laughs> Everything about Cesaro makes me happy. Um, but, you know, in, in the ending, you know, where, you know, you have Ambrose pulling off the win because, you know, it was almost going to be a repeat of that first match with, you know, Sheamus and Rollins where Cesaro, you know, cheated and all, and got Sheamus to win. You thought that Sheamus was returning the favor. Mm-hmm. They turn the tables on you and Ambrose wins. So it's a one-to-one, right? It's a tie here for these two teams. Um, so kind of understand that. I, I've almost thought there was going to be a Cesaro and Sheamus sweep here. Um but outside of that storyline lies, uh, excuse me, I can't talk storyline wise. I think what's cool about this is you do finally get Ambrose kind of going into this mode of, okay, I see you're here to help me. You've always been here this past few weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's give this thing a shot. Let, let's just go ahead. Let, let's let's do it. Uh, I'm behind you now. And then. With Rollins not doing it. With Rollins saying, you know what, F you, and, and walking out. I kind of like it. I was expecting, really honestly, for Rollins to stare at him and then put his fist out. It didn't happen. So it continues the story. This isn't boring, and it's not great. It's nothing over the top, Paul, but it's not boring. I kind of right. feel like it, it's it's a decent story that I kind of want to follow. I want to see what the whole reaction is behind scenes and all that after this. So it's something you can grasp onto. They get a lot of time on this episode of Raw. This is one of the featured things. I'm okay with it. The matches were good, but you know, I think overall it was decent. Yeah, I the thing I think I appreciate the most of all of this is that they're really they're really going for long form storytelling here. Uh, obviously, they're calling back on all the Shield stuff, which is great. We like the Rollins betrayal. WWE has played up so big at this point that it feels natural for Dean to not want to trust him. And uh, the really interesting part to me now is that Dean finally gave in and Seth backing off just almost sort of proves Dean right. You know, like, you you can't really trust Rollins up to a point, and you can still sympathize with Rollins because he's been here this entire time trying to get Dean on his side again, and it's just, it hasn't worked, and he's had enough. So, you know, I mean, they're both baby faces, but you see both sides of the story. I think that's what's really interesting here. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right, and I think that's what keeps us going, and if it is long term, like you're saying, I think this is important to slowly build it. And mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to finish it at SummerSlam, but maybe that's just the start. Maybe that's the beginning of something we're going to see in the future. And so, I look forward to it. And you know, I would even love to eventually down the line to have Roman Reigns involved. Not to say he's going to be best friends with him again or something like that, but for him to kind of chime in and say something, or maybe even say, "This is why I'm staying out of it." Mm-hmm. Maybe so. I mean that that. He does have a rather full plate right now with three giant men who want to hurt him very badly. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can get that too. So, um, you have the other triple threat, which I forgot to mention earlier. Nia Jax takes on Mickey James and Dana Brooke. Shockingly, Nia Jax wins. I, I don't know if we really need to talk about this all that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you really don't. Um, but uh, you know, of course. For the fact that it's kind of nice that Mickey James gets an opportunity here to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel bad for her. a veteran, someone who really honestly, I felt like they signed to help 
these ladies, and then you never see her. So I'm glad she made TV at least this week. Maybe the next three, four weeks away from here, we'll see her again. We'll know. Uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Nia Jax has got to win. Nia Jax looks strong, and, and you know has the, an opportunity here against Sasha Banks. I think that's a really sweet deal, too, because that's a matchup that you can kind of get behind as well. Because Nia Jax is a force to be reckoned with, and I think that that's a good deal. It, it just wouldn't make any sense for anybody else, like you said. Right. Uh, and then on the flip side of the maybe we don't need to talk about it so much, Akira Tozawa takes on uh, Davari. You have Neville uh, come out and ruin a celebration pre-match as uh, Tozawa is celebrating the fact that he's not hurt anymore. Uh, and he wants to sort of scout Tozawa during the match. Tozawa squashes Davari in like three minutes. Uh, so, just- yeah, uh, you're right. Good. It's just okay. The most entertaining thing out of this really wasn't per se the match. I, I just enjoyed hearing Titus O'Neil talk a little bit to, to Neville. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, overall, like you said, it's kind of forgettable, something you really don't have to care about. This is the, the episode of Raw where they made you not care if you watch 205 Live or not. Right. <laughs> Absolutely true. Because <laughs> they didn't give you a whole lot to latch on to. <laughs> yeah. Um, something I thought might be rather interesting to talk about at length for a little while is this Finn Balor promo. Um, he's talking, uh, about, you know, he announces everybody in the building, of course, is the Balor Club, uh, it gets a two sweet chant, which he more than happy to reciprocate to, uh, and then he talks about how he beat up Ray Wyatt last week and is looking to keep bringing the fight to him so long as Ray is going to bring something. Wyatt magically shows up, um, uh, Finn is, of course, one step ahead of him again already, he's sitting up on the top rope, they have a little bit of a brawl. Bray Wyatt, after he gets uh, his tail kicked, some disappears and then shows up on the screen saying he's ready to rip Finn down from the heavens and help the fans follow him down to... For me, I thought it was just really, like they're really trying hard to make Finn Balor feel like he's the coolest dude in the room. And I think it kind of worked here. Yeah, I mean, they did a good job for the fact that, you know, really Bray Wyatt has been nothing and in this feud, they're trying to make it something. And it works because of who Finn Balor is, and we all know he's the demon. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I think really we latch on to. Now, Finn Balor is the coolest dude in the room. He plays the Fonz very well here yes. because he, <laughs> he, he just comes in with his leather jacket. Then here comes the bad guy into Ralph's restaurant, and he does a few things to kind of, hey, hey, oh, I'm out of your way. Oh, no, here's a kick to the face. Oh, hey. And then, then it takes the bad guy to run outside and get in his car and then talk outside the window. And that's basically what Bray Wyatt does here. Is he, uh, when he's getting beat down a little bit, he escapes and goes back to the camera where mm-hmm. he's, you know, on the Titan Tron and, you know, feels safe on the Titan Tron. I, I think, you know, it did make, you know, Balor look really good here. I think this is something fans can get behind. And I, I'm i not going to say that this is a feud that I'm all of a sudden, I'm just like, I'm dying to watch. Right. But I think things like this are good. And if you want to keep, I would say, Bray Wyatt in that realm of he's mystical, he's kind of weird, and he's kind of creepy, this is the best way to do it, to have him kind of appear when he wants to, disappear when he wants to. And, and of course, you've got a guy like Finn Balor who's trying to do his best to stay ahead of the game. And I think he's doing a good job. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with you on this. I think this is, a, you know, Finn Balor's too cool for school on this one. I think he's right. doing a good job. I, I just don't know. Going forward, I, this is another one. I, 
I could see stupid things kind of falling into place, and I hope it doesn't. Yeah, I'm not like super interested in the match or anything like that, but I, I'm very intrigued by the idea of this feud strictly being about reestablishing Finn, making him feel like he is the coolest man in the room every time he comes out, and trying to get the fans back behind him that way instead of relying on the demon, which, don't get me wrong, is, is super awesome and, and great and really, really special to see when it happens. But man, just making Finn stand on his own first, I think, is priority number one for WWE right now, and I think it's working. This is a good first step, at least in my opinion. So, and you're not wrong. And here's the thing: the way they had him move around in the ring and showing some of the kicks and the things that Finn Balor did here, it just shows us why we love Finn. Mm-hmm. And really, let's be honest: on his comeback. And everything he's done since he's been back has been okay. But yeah. we have not seen the Finn Balor's – that move set that we love so much. Some of the amazing things that this guy can do has not been there. It has just not, not been present. And so I think that's why the fans have kind of yet to be really just super behind Finn Balor. But they kind of tease us with a little bit tonight. If they continue it on and they give us some of those great moves, some of those athletic things that Finn Balor does so well – I think it's going to make him care. It's going to get him even more excited about him. And then I think when SummerSlam comes around, we may see a whole buttload of that stuff, which I'm hoping. I hope it really happens because we need it and Finn Balor needs it. I can't agree with you more. Uh, So uh, we'll just move on because I think the last thing we really have left to talk about is the Enzo Amore Big Cast saga as Enzo comes out this week with the big show, uh, talks about how they're kind of a, a bit of a dream team, Talks about how Big Show KO'd Big Cass last week with that big punch and, and all that stuff. And then they talk about how Cass's chin is just, uh, well, you know, S-A-W-F-T swaft. And uh, this this brings out the good brothers, uh, get Gallus and Anderson, who, uh, of course, are not, uh, they're quick to call them nerds, as they are these days. And uh, Enzo decides to call them Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. Which gets, I think, a pity laugh from the crowd, honestly. <laughs> like two people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we get a tag match between the two because, you know, WWE booking. And uh, Enzo and Cass end up uh, defeating, or end up losing, excuse me, as Enzo uh, goes in for a desperation roll up. Uh, however, he eats a big boot from Carl Anderson and gets pinned afterwards. Big Cass, of course, also came down for an interruption. Uh, and post-match ends up beating uh, beating down Big Show after he kicks him in the face. Enzo hits Big Dive, uh, and then sort of gets beat on a whole bunch, and then Big Show comes in to save the day, knocks Cass out again after uh, Cass leads Enzo on a bit of a wild goose chase, I think, around the ring. And they're going to go at it one-on-one at SummerSlam because, I mean, it's, it's that obvious. Oh... I'm trying to think of something really nice to say about this. Um, <laughs> it, it was what a can thing. I say? Yeah, I mean, it, it was <laughs> it was a thing, and and you know, outside of all this, I think the most entertaining thing was you know, Kaz asking for a match at SummerSlam with him and Big Show, and he wants you know Enzo Amore in a cage above the ring, like you know Jericho had to do. Right. Um. Yeah, uh, that may be the most interesting thing. I just don't care about this. And this is terrible because I used to be really behind, you know, Enzo Amore and really loving everything he's doing. He's kind of fun. But this has just kind of drugged me through the mud. I just, Mm 
honestly could care less. And Big Show, he can't save it. And I don't hate Big Show. There's nothing against Big Show at all. He's doing his job. Really respect him. Doing great. It's just Enzo's kind of just overstate his welcome on this whole thing. And I just... I, I am not happy with it. I just it kind of bores me. I just don't care. I, I wish I could. I really do. Uh, this is the same thing week in and week out. Sure, they had the Good Brothers, great, mm-hmm. That's, but it's the same old hat. So I don't know, Paul. I, I wish I could be motivated. I wish I could care, but I'm not really caring. I mean, Big Show and Kaz when they go and uh, they fight at SummerSlam, I'm just going to feel like it's just another Raw match. Yeah, and. The feud hasn't really added that next elevation that is supposed to come after the first match, and it's still largely the same problem, right? It, Cass is ready to move on. Enzo, I think, honestly can't really let go and is happy to run Big Show's uh, into Big Cass's face, and that just pisses Cass off. So that's been your feud since you know before uh, before uh, Great Balls of Fire. So I don't know. Um, a lot of people out there still seem interested in seeing Enzo come out. He's great at getting the crowd hyped up, and that really might be what he's going to be kept around for is, is almost like a hype man for people, which could work. I'm, I mean, we'll just have to see where they go after this whole cast thing is done, I think. Yeah, and you're right on that. And I think Enzo Mori does a great job when he is hyping someone else up, and mm-hmm. I, I think I would be more entertained by that. You know, talking about his own stuff and, and this whole feud, it's just, like I said, it's overstated. It's welcome. That's yeah. why I'm so sour on Enzo Mori right now. Hey, yeah, sure, he moves on, does another thing, and maybe, you know, helps somebody else along. I'm good with that. I want to see that. I'll get excited. I'll have fun. I'll I'll listen to those jokes, no matter how bad they are. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just do it that way. Let's just kind of move on. And, and I'm hoping after SummerSlam they do. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and then, of course, one quick thing here before I forget. Goldust does get a video package where he's talking about searching for his next hero, villain, or maybe even a leading lady. Uh, I'm all kinds of interested in Goldust right now, so more of this is just fine with me. And here's the funny thing, Paul. I just got through talking about a guy that comes in and does the same thing week in and week out. And I'm sitting here saying, I'm so bored. I don't care. Uh, I hope he eats chicken over Roman Reigns' bag. You know, that's what I, I, I'm just – get rid of him. And then here's a guy like Goldust. He's a veteran. He's been around forever. And I'm so intrigued. And I want to see what happens. And, and just by his words and the thing is he said like you know i could i want to bring someone else who's my next star or starlet i i want to know like i'm already fantasy booking i'm already thinking of nxt superstars who could come up and do something with gold dust i mean i'm already sitting here who could it be that's what's so fun and i don't know why why do i care so much but i think gold dust is just so charismatic he, he just brings you in and you just yeah. want to know what's happening next and it's kind of funny because this is not new, but still, it keeps you kind of holding on. I, I completely agree. There's just a way, uh, not only the way he's being presented, which is very much the, the old school way of of him. Uh, back in the uh, early 90s, if you have the network, you can go see early episodes of Raw where he's walking around Universal Studios and, and you know Hollywood sets and stuff like that, sort of talking about you know, how great he is and and whatever else. But I I just, there's something so intriguing about him, even though he's been around forever. And I just, you know, we talk about how great Chris Jericho is at reinventing himself and Goldust, even though he's playing an old hat, it feels fresh. And I I just, I love it. Can't get enough of it. Are you as intrigued as I am on who's that person? Who is that that we're going to see? That's what I can't wait. I don't know Mm -hmm. why, but I just can't wait to see who it is. 
Yeah, I, you know, I haven't a clue who it could be, but I, I at this point, I just it, it could be a paper bag. I'd be alright. Right. <laughs> oh man, what if it's a mop? Oh. What if it's a mop? Mopsy comes back and becomes a starlet. You know, shout out to Saturn. You Saturn, know? yeah, get well soon, right? <laughs> yeah, we love them. So there you go. Well, that does it for this episode of Raw. As far as talking about, we just got to put a number on it, Gary. What you going to give it? You know, I I think it, for the most part it had its good spots. Sure, I think the crowd had a big part of this. I think the crowd made some of these matches better than maybe they were at times. And then I think this also kind of made you kind of feel bad for people like Bailey by booing her and and doing with her kind of that stuff. I think overall they gave us some good continuations of some of these feuds. Some of them I just kind of drug their feet a little bit. I, I think I am going to give this Raw a six. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was grand. I, I think average means that they did a little bit more. I, I just think there was a few things missing here. I, I don't know what it was, but there was something missing here that just didn't feel great about it. The crowd did great. I, I would give it a seven if they wouldn't have dragged their feet on a few things. There's a lot of this show that just is sort of ho-hum. Here it is. Uh, the women's stuff was very rushed. I felt like Jason Jordan and, and Bailey getting dumped on as, as interesting as it was. It's not like they were doing anything particularly interesting. I think the tag stuff in the main event is, is sort of what you're sticking around for. Um, and and that's really about it. And that might take up about half the show. So I'll give it a five. Fair enough. And no Woken Hardys on yeah. this episode. Even though so. they were advertised. It's depressing. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe they are, you know, figuring things out with a woken universe. I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> I love I love it so much. I really do. I know you do. <laughs> so uh, in your face, GFW. Yeah, anyway, that. Uh, F that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about Rebby Sky when we do a regular Wrestling to the Max episode this week. We'll be doing part one uh, later tonight, actually. So go check that out. Uh, and of course, we'll talk about that whole situation with the Woken Hardies and Rebby and some of the stuff going on. Still, it won't be a lot, but it'll, it's it's an interesting tidbit that you're going to want to hear us talk about plus a lot more on that show and make sure hey if you want to come find out all our great content and everything that we provide go search us out on w2mnet.com and of course you know make sure you go subscribe wrestling to the max rate review there hey and also the w2m network so both are great choose one of them choose both of them i don't care just go ahead and go and give us five stars and let us know what you think about what we're doing here we love all of you appreciate all the great feedback we get week in and week out you guys are awesome thank you once again for joining us tonight i am gary vaughn he is paul leaser and we'll catch you guys down the road have a good one everyone the following podcast is a w2m network original production visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts plus news reviews articles and opinions from the worlds of wrestling video games football and entertainment